0: Welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Franz. Well, today I'm revisiting Andrew Vick, who was one of my earliest interviews when I started this podcast a long time ago. I think he was episode number three, which is not even out in the iTunes directory anymore, but it's still available at the website if you want to go back and listen to it. We're going to catch up. He is my Adriatic expert. He spent, well, over 12 years, I think, just sailing up and down the Adriatic. But before we get to that, let me thank our sponsor, Sailrite. This show is sponsored in part by Sailrite. Since 1969, Sailrite has been equipping self-sufficient sailors with tools, supplies, and knowledge they need to sew for their boats. This second-generation family business is also the maker of the Sailrite Ultrafeed sewing machine. The Ultrafeed is a portable, heavy-duty sewing machine that was designed to handle all your maritime sewing projects from sails to covers. At SailRite, you'll find everything you need to take on your next do it yourself project, including fabric, tools, hardware, and even hundreds of free how to video tutorials. Start your next project at sailrite.com. That's S A I L R I T E.com. I'm on Skype with Andrew Vick, and Andrew and I talked initially. Back on September 17th, 2012. And Andrew was our uh, third interview on the podcast. It's no longer out in iTunes, but you can find it at the website, MedSailor.com. But you've been sailing ever since. And, And as have I, you are my Adriatic expert because you've been everywhere up and down through the Adriatic. And it's good to talk to you again, Andrew.
1: Yeah, it's been great. Five years. That's that's a long time, but I, I've definitely been following. I, I've listened to every one of your episodes since. So,
0: oh, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You sent me, in preparation for this interview, you sent me a um, a KMZ file from Google Earth, and I'm going to try to figure out a way to uh, include, a, include it in the post. In fact, you sent me two of them. One from, an, you said it was an Austrian guy that gave information on whether they were pay or free anchorages, and then the one I'm looking at in front of me right now is the one of your travels through the Adriatic. You know, give me a quick summary of what you've been up to over the last five years. <laughs>
1: yeah, You know, I guess I've just wrapped up, last summer anyway, that was my 10th summer of sailing in the Med um, after picking up this, uh, this old Islander 36, which I bought in Pisa in Italy. And, uh, you know, that first summer, which was 2008, I sailed it basically around Italy, Corsica, Sardinia, and kind of into the Adriatic, because I knew the Adriatic was a great place to be. I'd backpacked there before, and um, so I guess I've been kind of stuck uh, near the town of Split since then. So, yes, I've pretty thoroughly explored the Adriatic by now. I mean, it's up to, as far as up to Venice a couple times, uh, down into the Ionian side of Greece one time, and uh, just been having a blast.
0: Now, do you pretty much do it the same way I do, or you invite different people to come join you for, for a week or two at a time, where do you get most of your guests from?
1: You know, my guests, my crew are always sort of uh, friends, acquaintances, family. Um, definitely have a lot of international friends. All my relatives are from Scandinavia. My parents are, you know, were born in Denmark and Norway. Um, so my crew is always, you know, friends and acquaintances. Um, I've only one time taken a stranger on board, which, which worked out great. Um, but I been yeah, luckily I've been able to just get uh, yeah, people I'm familiar with and just have a really nice Nice bonding week of sailing with a, with a whole bunch of different people all these years.
0: What, what's comfortable for the number of people on your boat? Four, five, three? Four. You know, three is ideal.
1: You know, it's an Islander 36. Um, it does have an aft quarter berth, which is basically the garage. So I'm limited to the, to the V berth up front and, uh, and then the two, you know, two settees in the salon. So, so, but three, I usually take the captain's quarters in the front and then have, uh, you know, two friends there in the, in the salon.
0: Pretty much just like my boat. That's uh, about what I like. About three people is comfortable. And I always like three because it's easier to carry on conversation with three people than, than just one other person. I, occasionally I've sailed with just one other person and eh, you know, this, the conversation sometimes struggles after a, a, few, day, a few days.
1: <laughs> no, I totally agree. Not only do you have to come up with half of the conversation, you have to do half the dishes too. So yeah. definitely three, three is the magic number, I think, uh, on my boat.
0: Well, tell me, um, you—you got a lot of—you've been a lot more places than I've been, and as I was looking at uh, all these uh, all these spots that you visited in the Adriatic, I never realized that there was an island out in the middle of the Adriatic that you actually put a marker on. Did you actually sail to this little island of Palagruza?
1: You know, I haven't yet. Um, in terms of that marker, I kind of uh, I learned about the island, so I put a little uh, put a little marker in it, which ended up in the in the uh, Google Earth file. But I am hoping uh, this summer, um, I, I intend to sail across from Split and check out a few places in Italy. You know, just opposite Split on mm-hmm. the uh, on the other side of the Adriatic. And I'm hoping that if uh, weather conditions permit, I can maybe spend an afternoon there. Um, I hear there are some buoys, it's a bit open road set kind of thing, but it's, uh, some Croatians have told me it's a really cool spot if um, you know if the timing and the, and the weather work out.
0: Yeah, it's about equal distance, so if it, if the conditions were right, you could uh, get an early start and probably spend the night there and then continue on over the rest of the way the next day then. Mm-hmm,
1: yep. Yeah, or at least an afternoon. I mean, some people did say that you know maybe it's not that comfortable, but you know it's worth a stop. Get on land, climb up to the lighthouse, and back down again. Um, But maybe not a great spot for overnight. So, but you know sometimes it can be a lake out there too. So I guess it just just depends on the weather.
0: When did you sail last year? When was the last time you were there? I think you were there pretty much when I was there, weren't you? In September.
1: You know, I'm typically, and last year was the same, I'm typically over there early July through the end of August. So okay. I believe I flew out just in the very end of August last year.
0: Which is probably smart because I've noticed September, the weather really starts to deteriorate. Uh, at least the, the, the experience I've had is September seems to be a, 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 a changeover month where it goes from fairly nice weather to unsettled weather.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely not as reliable. I mean, the locals love September. There are a few less tourists. Um, it's not quite as hot. The sea is still warm. But, yeah, I do find that you just, yeah, the weather just becomes unreliable. And if, you know, let's say you were chartering there for a week. I mean, in September or any of the shoulder seasons, I mean, if you lose two, three days of your charter week, you know, to bad weather, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good chunk of your trip. So, so and that's just why I end up being there in July and August. It's, um you know, the weather's most reliable. And... um. And it's more fun. There are more people. I'm kind of a, I like to go to the party scene. I like, you know, anchoring near bars and things. And, um, you know, July and August is definitely more hustle and bustle out there.
0: You like the boom, boom, boom. And I hate the boom, 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 don't you? <laughs>
1: yeah, I look for it. Um, yeah, yeah. But one, of the, one of the cruising reports say, oh, there's a pretty loud club there on, on shore. Yeah, that's the, that's the one I, I try to go to. Not a You're board. heading <laughs> there. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we exchanged a few emails I want to share some of your knowledge with uh, with with our listeners, and I told you I might be going back to Montenegro this summer. You said to make sure I go so and so and so and so and check in so where I never made it to Montenegro in my boat this year, but I did rent a car and after I put my boat up in uh, Dubrovnik, and we drove around Montenegro. So I never, I mean, we never got down there on the boat, but. Talk about clearance now in montenegro there's a major new marina there. Is that where you 've cleared now when you 've gone in?
1: yeah, you know i've been in a few times, but the most recent time, uh, which was two thousand fifteen um, yeah, yeah the town of Tivat you know some I guess some Canadian investor built this really massive like mega yacht central i mean this is fancy, really too fancy, like New marina next to this very sort of standard Montenegrin town. It, it kind of sticks out. But um, they had this amazing service where when you pull into that marina, um, you pull into the customs area, and the marina staff actually picks you up in a golf cart and drives you around to the various offices, which are actually on site where you do all your police and your customs and immigration stuff. So that was super handy. I mean, I felt like I felt like royalty almost, you know, pulling in, you know, and being escorted around in a golf cart. It was yeah, that was
0: perfect. So I'm looking at the marina right now, and by the way, the uh, the investor, the Canadian investor, was. Uh, uh, is peter monk who was the ceo founder of barrett gold and uh and i'm not sure he, if he's from this area originally or not but uh but that's the investor that uh that developed this so where is the customs dock?
1: well so i've got google earth open as well so i'm looking at the the marina it's the the northernmost um pontoon i guess you would call it if you uh
0: so would you be on the outside of that or on the inside of that?
1: You'd be on the outside. There's a fuel dock there, the very northernmost dock sticking the most north up. I think that's the fuel dock. And then just around there on the inside. Well, it's on the outside, but you see how that is.
0: Yeah, it looks like there's plenty of room to tie up there. How high are the walls there? <laughs>
1: I do remember they were, they were fairly high, um, but, uh, but it wasn't a problem. We, we climbed up easily enough.
0: So did you spend the night there after you cleared, or did you just clear in and then uh, take off from there?
1: You know, we felt kind of, we felt kind of obligated to, to stay there. I mean, there, there, we didn't have to. They, I mean, it was, it was very unclear. I think they assumed we would stay there, but it turned out we didn't really have to. We did anyway. I mean, it wasn't all that. I mean, compared to Croatia, it was only, I think, maybe 60 euros for my 11-meter boat um, to stay there for the night. And it was a nice stop. We walked around. We more enjoyed I mean, it was, it's something seeing this kind of very artificial Disneyland-looking place. But the town, the real town next to it is also pretty cool. So totally worth a stop.
0: Yeah, when I was there, the last time I sailed there, we rented a car and drove around through there when it was still under major construction. And it was uh, one of the biggest construction projects I've seen going on for <laughs> a long time. I mean, it was uh, every every... A uh, highbrow uh, jewelry store. Uh, it's basically like Rodeo Drive in Montenegro, is sort of the way it looked to me.
1: I mean, it's weird. It's so out of place, but you know, the protection in there. I mean, I, I, you can just see it. I mean, it's such a protected little bay. So I can see why mega yachts would, would you know would feel very secure in there. You know, year round.
0: Yeah, and they, he pretty much built it for the mega yachts more than anything, didn't he?
1: It seems like it. I mean, that's where the money is. There. Were, I mean, there are definitely some pontoons for you know, you know, modest-sized sailboat sailboats, but I think he makes the money off the mega yachts.
0: Now, where else should you not miss, or should not I, I not miss when I go back to Montenegro uh, this summer? Because my my plans this summer are to, unless unless things change, and by the way, I'm in in conversations with the person you t- turned me on to about uh, paying VAT in Croatia, but unless uh, things change, I'll be heading back to Montenegro with my boat to start the VAT time clock over again before I continue north in Croatia. Mm. So where shouldn't I miss? I, I, you know, I've been to Reason, or Ryzen, or however you want to say that, which is a delightful little spot. I've never spent the night off of... Um, oh, what's the name of this little town here? The one where you've got the uh, monastery out on the rock that they built with a bunch of pebbles, the town right next to that? Yeah, that's Perast. Perast. That how I pronounce
1: yeah. it. Yeah, that's... A- that's a cool spot. It's a little funky. You have to kind of do a little side tie and hope that there's room. And you do get a bit of wash from you know, the wakes from passing boats because um, you see it's, it's, it's pretty exposed there. And there is some traffic coming in through that small channel and into the, into the deepest part of the fjord. But yeah, Perast was a, like a little gem. I mean, it's free. You just have to kind of hope there, there are some spots. It's a bit deep for anchoring, so I think you just have to be lucky with a side tie.
0: So, I see there's some spots where you could almost back in. There's a tiny little, looks like it's for fishing boats, a breakwater there for fishing boats. But uh, I can see where you're talking about side tying there. So you can just go pull up and side tie there, huh? I didn't yep, know that. Yep, Otherwise, I would have tried it the last time. So that's the spot I'll definitely hit. Okay. Now, did you say you met a, a Canadian woman that was running a bar there? Or was that in Couture?
1: That was a little, that's um, out in Novi, which is kind of in, as you oh. approach from the sea, the first main bay.
0: Right, okay,
1: yeah. And that's a, that's a really cool little spot. Um, they have a nice little port. Um, usually there's there's room, 30 euro a night or so, you know, water power, all that. And it's just this cute little town. Yeah, and this Canadian girl, like, she seems to be there. She used to own the bar, but now she's she just lives there in the summer. Uh, but she's she's super nice and really eager to, uh, you know, there aren't too many Westerners, you know, coming through these parts. So, you know, unlike Croatia, you know, Croatia is just full on, you know, every Western tourist, every backpacker is in Croatia. But God, you cross that border into Montenegro and it's kind of a different world. It's it's really cool, actually. I always love being in Montenegro.
0: Yeah, I see there. there's a big water polo stadium at that marina. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah, there is. <laughs> all right i'll tell you a little story when i pulled in there because the first time i went to montenegro i was trying to find the customs dock and uh i could not find the customs dock the the pilot was not very explanatory on where it was so so i pulled in there and um and they practically had a fit that i hadn't cleared customs they said get out of here get out of here so it's, it's down the down the way uh, yeah, down a ways and so i kept sort of poking my nose all the way down until I finally found the customs dock, and I'm not sure if, it, if that one is still even active anymore, the one that was uh, oh, sort of where I guess it's where a ferry comes out back and forth as well there.
1: Yeah, yeah, my first time, well, I've also checked in there, Zelenica, I think it's called. Okay. Mm-hmm. and Yeah, and in the afternoon it got really horrible. I mean, just afternoon shop coming in, your boat's just bashing in, and you're climbing way up on the pier. I it's a horrible place to, to check in or out. Um, but, and yeah, it seems redundant to have that now that you have, you know, Tivat. And also you can pull all the way in the deepest part of the fjord in KOTOR and, um, you know, check in there as well.
0: So. Okay, so you can check in at KOTOR as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So good three options then. Well, I think I'll take your option, which is uh, being shuttled around in a, and it'd be fun to spend a night in that big mega marina there just to see what it's like
1: and in theory you get uh, duty duty free fuel on your way out oh. if there's if you can schedule something with the fuel dog we weren't able to the fuel dog said they were too busy um you know they had you know they have the big yachts coming in and they're parked there for an hour you know taking on fuel um so but in theory on your way out you should be able to get duty free fuel if if there's if there's space in the schedule
0: oh okay all right for the 30 gallons of fuel i might need to <laughs> yeah. really make their day <laughs> yeah exactly
1: (laughs) that's probably why they turned me that's probably why they said they were too busy for me
0: you know they've got that nice big airport there but i've been almost it's almost been impossible for me to find flights that fly in and out of there all the flights that i've ever been able to find that go to montenegro go over to the capital and i can't seem to find any flights that land at that airport uh you know in in the fjord by the fjord have you ever found any information on that
1: you know, you know I've had a few different crew kind of getting on and off in Montenegro over the years and you know more often than not they're flying into Dubrovnik, you know, yeah. in Croatia and then hopping on a shuttle or bus or taxi across. Okay. I've had maybe a one crew land in the capital, um which is a little bit inland, and I don't think I've ever I've had maybe had one or two land in Tivat, um but yeah, it, there just aren't that many flights from sort of western Europe. There are a lot of flights coming in probably from, you know, Russia, Ukraine. Um but, but then again, there's that sort of cultural divide between Croatia and Montenegro. They just, just just have, you know, attract a different sort of channel of tourists.
0: All right. So let's talk about your favorite area in Croatia. Now, you're, you're up by split. Actually, you're in Tro- Troger. Is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Tro-gear. Tro-gear. Yeah, Trogir. Troger. Trogir. Mm-hmm. That's where you winter your boat, and you have for quite a few years then.
1: Yeah, this is the 10th winter in a row. Yep. Or 9th or 10th, no, something like that, yeah.
0: All right, and I'm zooming in on where your, uh, where your marker is. Is, it that, is that the marina where your marker is, that, or you, where you're at?
1: Yeah, they have a number of marinas. When I first pulled in, I mean, there was just the one sort of the government ACI marina, and they were just building a second marina, and now they've got even a third, like, full-blown huge marina. Um, so I, I think this is, this may be like the charter capital of the, I don't know, definitely of the Med, it seems maybe the Ionian is, I don't know, but there are just so many charter boats in here. It's, it's a massive business in, in Schroger, mostly because it's so close to the Split airport. And, you know, there you have tons of flights, you know, Lufthansa, British Airways, you know, all the big airlines, you know, going to Split now in, in the summertime.
0: Yeah. It looks like it's only about a mile away from the airport. Let's see. Let's measure this. Yeah. About, uh, about, uh, let's see from the, yeah, two miles, two nautical miles away from the end of the air, the runway. <laughs> so.
1: Oh, yeah, no, it, it's perfect. You know, when, when you sit in the boatyard at the beginning and end of the season, I mean, you see the planes. The planes are coming down pretty low as so you get to see all the different airlines that, that come in. So so super convenient spot, yeah.
0: Now, do perfect. they good? Do, have they done great work when you needed the boatyard to do work on your boat? <laughs> great work.
1: Um, <laughs> they They saved my butt a few times. I mean, when I first pulled in, I mean, I think my motor mounts had yeah we're collapsing so, i mean they they did do a great job of pulling my motor out that first uh, off season and getting it all sorted out i had a roller furler problem with the pro furl which they did a great job getting together but but yeah there were kind of reliability the communication um kind of messy sometimes it's um i remember when i first flew over to to see my boat which i bought sight unseen it was 2008 in Pisa and luckily there was this um cruising couple from the U.S. Uh, in the same boatyard, getting their boat ready. And they had an acronym called NQR. They taught me not quite right, which was pretty much their experience, you know, as they roamed around international waters and dealing with, you know, mechanics and help. <laughs> so, so, but it's been okay. Um, I mean, they are some, you know, there are good mechanics. Uh, the, the reliability is sometimes, uh, they can be a little ornery too. Um, but if you have any issues on the way up, I, I I could recommend them. I mean definitely for I have a Yanmar. Do you have a Yanmar
0: as well? Yep, Myanmar three GM thirty F.
1: Yeah. I've got the little the little cousin, the three GMF. And um yeah. I mean they do they do fine work and they're I mean they're trustworthy. Just sometimes the work is just maybe you know, maybe some of the younger guys are a little careless or, or messy. So yeah. but, but hey, they've kept my boat going. My boat is now forty years old and um you know I, I wouldn't have known when I bought a 30-year-old boat that it would still be going, you know, going strong after 10 more years. But, but it is, and that's you know, in large part to to the mechanics that I that I connected with.
0: What standard maintenance do you do on your boat, or what maintenance have you had to have done on your boat? Have you had any real major <laughs> maintenance on? I shouldn't say you're on your boat. I'm talking about your engine because I think that Yanmar engine is one of the best engines ever made.
1: Yeah, yeah it's it's amazing I mean year after year I get there it's been sitting i I push the start button and after about two or three revolutions, I mean the thing is just on you know, water spitting out the back um yeah I mean the main thing was the first summer actually pulling the boat the motor out, uh, redoing all the mounts, just cleaning up the motor um alignment things like that and then I think a couple of seasons ago, I had to deal with the whole um, the, the exhaust elbow um
0: oh yeah yeah and, and so I've changed my uh, mixing elbow probably three or four times. It's a standard uh, uh, spare part that I have on my boat because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just because when I couldn't figure out what was wrong, that, that turned out to be the problem. And, of course, you can unscrew the little fitting that goes into the side of it and put a hanger up there that's sort of like a pipe cleaner and dig around there and clean it out, and it works for maybe a day, and then it starts clogging up again. So yeah but it's a pain to change that it's really a pain to change that i've done mm-hmm. it i've done it a few times and i never look forward to doing that job so yeah.
1: and and i have them do it you know i haven't done so much hands on not with the motor anyway um i mean they they're just so much better at it they have the tools and and they have the time in the winter
0: and they've got the learning so. curve down you and me we do it one time we forget how we did it the next time we need to do it so mhm yeah okay all right, so from, so where, when you go back, do you have some favorite spots that you like to go to? I know you've got lots of markers on this uh, KMZ uh, Google Earth uh, file, but uh, tell us some of your favorite spots, if you want to share them with us.
1: Yeah, yeah of course. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> markers. I mean, the one thing is Croatia is just, I don't know where else you have like this wealth of just. So many places you can moor your boat, you can anchor. I mean, it's just insane. I think I don't know where else you can be no matter where you are, you're probably an hour from somewhere that's worth stopping, you are either an anchorage or town or something. Um but boy, I mean, I guess the usual route, I mean of course when you sail out of Split or Trogear, I mean VAR, H V A R mm-hmm. is uh is always a good target. My buddies love going there. That is just it's a great party town.
0: Yep, it um, is a party you, town. <laughs> it's definitely a party town. Where do you anchor? Do you anchor right in the uh, right in the main bay when you go in there?
1: I'm right in the main bay. You know, on the sort of west side of the bay, there's a mooring field with maybe about 15 buoys. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, and if you if you time it just right, um, I mean, everyone wants to be in the spot. And when charter boats, when when people get their boats on Saturday, I mean, they're racing out to Var to to get one of these spots. Um, so, but if you pull in right around 11 or 12, you kind of get that little transition where people have you know, people have left from the night before, and the new people haven't quite come in yet. So there's this little narrow window. But yeah, I, I grab one of those buoys there on the west side of town. You know, you can only, it, it, it is a type of mid-morning, except you are still probably about you know 75 feet from shore. It's it's too shallow to back up all the way. So you end up having to use your dinghy just to kind of you grab your stern line and you know, uh, pull yourself in, uh, you know, on your dinghy.
0: Okay. So So you do, you do take a med mooring style to that because I've anchored there and I've anchored there a few times and the ferry goes right by me. The, uh, the hydrofoil ferry always goes in and out right by me when I've anchored there. But, uh, I've never grabbed a, a a mooring buoy. Now are the mooring, do they charge for those mooring buoys when you grab them?
1: yeah they do. It's a if, if you know they come around usually in the late afternoon and get your papers. and um, I mean, if you're not on the boat, you know then you, you don't have to pay, but it's about 300 Kuna, that's about fifty dollars for for the night. So and you can't anchor there anymore. I used to always anchor there as well, but I think since maybe 2010, um, they've clamped down on that. I mean, it was just chaos before with boats anchoring and then all the big yachts, you know med mooring to the uh, to the main key. So so they've gotten a little more restrictive on, on where, you can, where you can anchor or moor in there.
0: Okay. Have you ever been up to that tiny little uh, marina about three bays north? One, two, three. Yeah. It's right across from, uh, from a hotel there. It's not really a marina. It's just a breakwater going out, and you can uh, back and tie into that if the conditions are right.
1: Yeah. I know that spot. Well, yeah, yeah. I've, I have actually moored in there. Um it can get dicey, you know, yeah. if you have a little bit uh, yeah. a little bit too much westerly coming in that gets dicey. Um <laughs> uh, and I think the I think the Prime Minister has a palace near there and I think when he's around they put a, they they don't let anyone go in there.
0: Ah, okay, um, okay. <laughs>
1: so but it's a super spot. I mean it's free and you can, you know, you walk on, walk off, you know, decent access into town. So so But, yeah, a little too dicey. Yeah, I I stayed there there. one
0: (laughs) night, and uh, the next day uh, I went over to talk to somebody over at the hotel because my friend was staying at that hotel across the way. And uh, the manager of the hotel said, you know, you don't want to be there tonight. The weather conditions are going to change, and you don't want to be there. So I stayed there. It was one or two nights, and then I got out of there, and then the weather did change. And I was glad I wasn't back there. That was for sure. Because at that (laughs) point in time, I was by myself. And it's Mm -hmm. always a pain to try to to reset in the middle of the night when the weather comes up by yourself. What about that little bay that comes in there just north of that? Is that an anchorage you've been to? It looks like there's a lot of boats in there, but I'm I've never been in there.
1: Yeah, when you so you mean as you go sort of a little more west along. Yeah, a little uh, more west and
0: northwest from that uh, that bay we're just talking about. Now let's see for people that are looking at this. This is 43. Degrees ten minutes point four oh well ten minutes four oh point six nine seconds north sixteen degrees twenty five minutes twenty one point three four minute minutes east excuse me minutes east <laughs> so so if anybody's trying to look follow along with this uh, that's where you can find out where I'm looking at right now so. I've never spent that much time sailing around the island of Havar, and it looks to me like uh, you've been around it several times. You have another marker here called Tina, and also one at Jelsa. Let's talk about uh, your uh, your favorite spots on, on Havar.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you leave Vartown, for example, and you follow the tip of it west, and then you around the tip, and then you follow the, uh, the north side of the island eastbound, uh, I mean, they're just mean when you look at google earth it's just dotted with uh little anchorages and one of them is called uh yeah what <laughs> you know when i turn on my map and show all these things boy there are just so many lines it gets uh it go it gets so confusing but uh parja, i think p-a-r-j-a do you see that uh on your on your file
0: nope i don't see that one but uh Let's see. Well, is this one, Paria? It says Jelsa is what I've got on mine. But maybe I should open up that other file you gave me, because it might be on that file. Let me I'm just go find that.
1: But Yelsa is great. I mean, it's again, there's so many great little spots, and often you can make your own. Um, I mean, as you cruise around, you can. Um, my favorite is to look on Navionics, and um, you can really kind of zoom in and, and find out you know, if the bay has just enough of a hook to keep the swell from coming in. Um, you know, you can probably just go in and fix a line to shore, and uh, you know, you're probably in good shape. So I've had a lot of fun actually, just kind of creating my own anchorages, maybe ones that uh, you don't see in, in, in all the guidebooks. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. So seven, seven, seven didn't get all of them, then, did it?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. There are many more than that. I think that's how many islands there are, there are around that. So yeah. So, but Yelso is a great. Town uh, Starigrad is on the north side of uh, Var. That's a, it's another great stop if, if you want a town kind of environment. They just enlarge their, their harbor to, to accommodate more boats.
0: Okay, yeah, that's so, one I've never been in. I see it's a big bay, and a lot of ferries go in and out of there.
1: But, that's the major ferry port for the island of Var. So all the car ferries um, from the mainland, they, they call in there.
0: All right, so now you've gone... Um, You've worked your way. I'm sorry, I'm sort of leading you. Why don't you just tell me what, what uh, some of the highlights have been for you? And I'll, I'll back off a little bit because I, I start looking at Google Earth and then I have questions that come to my mind and I start leading you. And I thought, ah, <laughs> let you talk. Let, I'll just quit here. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I guess let's say, I mean, a typical cruise, if you know, my first. Cr- be in in Split or Trogir and, uh, and we sail out. I mean, probably just the same as if you were chartering a boat um, out of uh, out of the Trogir split region. I mean, as you sail out, you know, you're going the first island you're going to probably hit is is Brach. Um, and Brach has great stops. Milna on the very western end of Brach is a town with a little marina, you can even anchor in there. Um, and um, as you go around the the south shore of Brach, uh, there's a town called Bol, which is where the, there's a famous beach. It's in all the postcards. Called the Zlatni Rat, I think. It's this funny little pebble peninsula that kind of juts out a little bit, you know, into the bay. And um big wind in that area too. Between Var and Broch, there's always a big westerly. And you know, anywhere you have a big sort of windsurfing, kite surfing center, I mean you know there's a lot of wind. So uh great for going downwind, but if you're beating back up, uh maybe start a little earlier in the day before uh before the winds really kick in. Um Yeah, Brach. Also, you can go along. One of my favorite things uh, on a calm day, you can motor pretty close to shore, especially you know Brach, uh, Var as well. They're very steep-sided islands, and you can kind of, you can nudge your boat up. I mean, within a boat length of shore, and uh, then your crew can hop in, climb a cliff, and jump off. So that's something we we try to do when, when the weather's calm, Um, because you can just you know the boat just hovers there, and I mean, of course, I stay on or, or someone who knows how to control the boat stays on board but then you know the other crew can kind of scramble up the cliffs and jump off so that's that's always a fun activity to break up a, a day of motoring um you go east along uh along that south shore of brach uh, on the very western or eastern tip a little uh anchorage called rasotica r-a-s-o Rasotitsa. um super little spot one of my favorites um some locals have kind of drilled some holes into the cliff so you drop your anchor and then you take a stern line through these little notches that have been drilled into the cliff for, for that purpose. So, great spot. Across from that on the mainland is the town of Makarska, which is, uh, it's kind of a party town, but really pretty. I mean, this town, I mean, the mountains there are about 6,000 feet tall and they're just sort of dropping, you know, straight down into the sea. And I mean, this the the setting is just really, really stunning.
0: Looks like it's very well protected.
1: It's a great, yeah, great harbor. Uh, they actually added that breakwater uh, just in the last couple of years, so it's really, really protected now. Um, and, you know, you get to Makarska and you're kind of off the beaten path of the charter boats. Um, because, you know, it, like like Var, Bol, I mean, these places I mentioned before, I mean, Starigrad, I mean, they're just full of charter boats. It's it's crazy, but you, know, you don't have to sail too far off uh, to miss that whole charter thing. So Makarska's... Uh, a great spot. A little a little loud, though. I mean, you'll have drunk people coming home from the clubs at 5 a.m. kind of walking right past your stern. and That can be annoying if you're not participating. <laughs> so.
0: If you're participating, it's not as annoying then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have you ever um, gone south from Makarska? How do you say that? Makarska?
1: Mm, yeah, Makarska. Makarska.
0: Mm. Have you been south from there? Uh, along the inline, inland side or is, is or not?
1: I have followed south from there. I mean, if you keep following mainland far enough, you actually end up in Bosnia, yeah, which is the mm-hmm. very end of that little bay. So no, I haven't gone that far. Um, usually when I follow this coast you know, in southeast direction, it is because we want to get around the very eastern tip of Var. Okay. And then once we round the tip of Var, we start kind of heading west again um, to get up towards, uh, you know, say Cortula.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, but all that is off the beaten path, which is, which is great. It's, uh, you know, I, I remember one night last year, we were on a little anchorage on the Eastern end of Var there. And we, we had it to ourselves. We were we, two boats. We were buddy boating. Uh, my friends picked up a charter boat. So, but we found our own little bay and, you know, kind of unusual there in the high season to have your own, you know, your own spot. But, but like I said, you know, get off the beaten path and then, and you can find it
0: Okay, all right. So do you typically, do you, oh yeah, there's no typically, because you've been there so many, so many years. You you sometimes go south, sometimes go north. I know if I were looking at, uh, at Troger, I'd probably want to go north up towards uh, uh, Sibinik and up that way. But, uh, but you spend a lot of time down in that area too then, down, down south then.
1: Yeah, you know, I've, uh, I've done both. You know, some... I remember in the beginning I was a little bit more ambitious. I was, uh, you know, on the water longer. Uh, but even as late as 2014, I went all the way up to Venice and, and back down. Um, how long?
0: As, how long did that take you to do that? You know,
1: I did that in about six six and a half weeks.
0: Okay. Were you moving? Were you pushing it to do it in six and a half weeks?
1: It was a little bit fast. Um, I wished maybe I would have had an extra week. There were some spots maybe I would have wanted to stay a second night. Um, but yeah, I did feel a little bit rushed uh, doing that. And this also involved, and if you, on that KMZ file, you have to just click on 2014. That was the year. But once, so I sailed, I followed the coast, I did all the highlights up the Croatian coast into Slovenia, and then, you know, directly across to Venice. But then I kept following the Italian coast down, down its, you know, the, the east coast of Italy a little bit, and then we did an overnighter, you know, straight back to to Croatia. So getting back was was went much quickly, you know, much more quickly. It was 100, I don't know, 150 mile overnighter that uh, got us back into the middle of Croatia. So, but yeah, but six weeks, yeah, a little, little pushing it. Um, I could have used more time in Venice. It was my second time with a boat in Venice, and um, they could have used a bit more time. There's such a such a special place.
0: What's the procedure of going into Venice? Just, uh, just pulling into the marina—is that pretty much it? Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, as you've noticed, you know, Croatia, Montenegro. I mean, they're so by the book. The bureaucracy. I mean, really. <laughs> it's, I mean, I think that's it's a big reason. I mean, cruisers hate Croatia, right? I yeah. mean, that's kind of the, yeah. the gist of things out there. Um, and part of that is because just these customs officials are just so can be so nasty especially in the main ports you know when you pull into one of the more seasonal ports i mean it's a much different story they're they're super relaxed and cool um but yeah so it's funny so when you finally when you leave croatia for slovenia which is how i did it uh i checked in slovenia once you're in slovenia you're in the eu and then so sailing into italy was no problem but in the past when i've sailed into italy i mean i've not i mean i haven't I don't think ever even properly checked in.
0: Well, they make it impossible. Um, they don't want you to check in. It's uh, it's like oh tomorrow, mañana, tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, we don't do that here. Go to a different port. We, you know, it's like uh, the, yeah, the, I've had that I too. love the yeah. Italians. I love them that because of the, they're so lackadaisical about that. So
1: yeah, 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 Italy is great for that. That and the food. Uh, yeah. That's uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. So just coming into Venice. I mean, I just went straight for. I mean. Yeah, I mean, every day, anyway, as far as approaching Venice, I hope you're going to go to Venice. Well, you're- that's my
0: plan. Hopefully, this summer. But I'm wondering if that's too far to bite off for uh, for one summer. And then if I get up there, I don't think I want to come all the way back down, and uh, and winter back in Croatia. I'm wondering. I've heard there's some some marinas in northern Italy that are fairly re- reasonably priced, but uh, uh, but I haven't checked into that much yet.
1: Yeah, I've heard the same thing. And I have a contact, an Italian contact near Venice who um, would be happy to share with me, which I could relay to you, um, some, some spots for wintering in the north. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, which would be fun to do. I think that's probably my plan for next summer is work my way north um, and from Dubrovnik. But, of course, if I have to clear customs down in Montenegro first, so I've got to go south and then go all the way north. And you don't want to rush through Montenegro. I mean, Montenegro is a delight by itself. So, you know, you just start working your way north and see if I can get up there. I did, I got all the way north uh, from Dubrovnik uh, several years ago, and, um, you know, I mean, it was a little bit each day, a little bit each day, but it wasn't like I had uh, many days where I was just, uh, you know, laying around. I always tried to keep moving little by little by little, so it's, uh, it might be nice to have a little more leisurely trip, so... Since last year, I moved my boat all the way from Turkey to uh, Dubrovnik, and it was move, 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 move pretty much every. Yeah, day. you
1: covered you covered some ground, that's, yeah. for sure, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. So continue on telling us about your favorite spots. <laughs>
1: yeah, so for example, so heading north out of the Trogir, I mean, so that's another, you know, even if you're chartering. When you charter out of Split, you really need to kind of decide, are you going to, you know, head straight out for the, you know, the primary islands, Brachvar, or, or heading north is actually a, a great thing too. I mean, it's... As you leave Split gear, you can probably reach um uh, which is a great little town on the mainland. Um, great, great stop. Uh, one cool little tip, if the, uh, you know, the harbor holds like 12 boats, so you're probably not getting it in there. Um, and even the mooring buoys can fill up. But if you anchor just to the north of the isthmus, um, it's free. The holding isn't great, um, but uh, I've anchored there many times with, with no problem. So that's Primochten. Um, I mean, keep going north, you know, Šibenik is a uh, great, great town, very underrated. I mean, it's like this sort of, um, you know, well, Dubrovnik is very vertical as well. But but Shibenik is kind of, you know, this old, old medieval town built on a very steep hillside. So really nice place to explore. And and from Shibenik, you know, that's kind of where you get access to the Krka River. And you can go, it's, it's another, I think from Shibenik, I, mean, I think maybe 11 miles upstream uh, to the town of Skradin, where you... Yeah, most people go there because they want to see the waterfalls, the yep. Kyrka mm-hmm. National Park. Yep. So super great spot. Um, yeah, last time I was in there, I spent two nights. I just totally chilled out. I think it's one of the most, yeah, tranquil, peaceful little spots you can imagine.
0: Did you have a snake climb on your boat there?
1: <laughs> no, but did you? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah, well, we were anchored over there by the reeds across from the, uh, the little town. Mm-hmm. and uh, just anchored there for a really really good holding by the way i mean the mud is super good holding mud there so it's yeah you know, we had a, some some really strong winds while we were there and then when we pulled up the anchor it was really hard to even get it out of there uh because it had dug in so deep but uh yeah we we sailed from there and uh I was with my friend dave harris and kevin iron we sailed from there and the all the way down to um oh we we went down to Brock, and spent a night in, where was it? We spent a night in, so we sailed from Sibinik, or um, Kirka Falls, or Scradin, all the way down to well, I don't remember exactly where it was, uh, but we had about three nights on the boat. And then when we were sailing from Korchula over to Mijet, between the two islands, my friend went up on the side deck and he sat down and he looked down, and underneath the spinnaker pole was uh, <laughs> was a big snake. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and we figured he'd been on the boat for two or three nights because that was the only place we thought he could have uh, got on the boat. And I couldn't identify the snake. Uh, I just grabbed the boat <laughs> and got him overboard. <laughs> that was all I did. I wasn't going to sit there and say, oh, okay, what kind of this is this? Is this a venomous snake or not? So we just... Uh, got it overboard and that was uh, actually the second time i've got a snake on my boat Uh, oh wow first time was down in um uh down in the aeonian islands and 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 in that case i think he's just i had a stern line to shore i think he just climbed up the stern line and came into uh into the back of the boat but anyway i just just was wondering (laughs) if you you never had that happen then huh
1: well, we swam in Scradian. The nice thing in Scriding is the water is almost fresh. Oh, you know, it is. It's, it's great. It's coming down the river. Yeah. But I think the only wildlife we had there, my friend was swimming, and he was a, a swan chased after. There's a very angry, angry swan <laughs> that didn't like my buddy, so my buddy had to swim pretty fast <laughs> to get away.
0: You well, know, those swans but, are still there. We drove up there last year, and the swans are there. They're a permanent fixture.
1: Yeah, what else? Yeah, so when you go down river out of scriding again, I mean, I guess what I would probably do, um, I love the Cornadi Islands. Um, they're just this really interesting arch- archipelago with um you know so many anchorages and the nice thing about them because they don't have any trees on them they're great for hiking because you know most of the croatian islands are just kind of you know all covered in pretty dense dense forest um so but the Karnatis are are bare i think they were packed down eons ago um but you can hike there are trails everywhere the views are amazing mm. i mean it's and it's it's a national park uh the there's a few more fish than usual <laughs> underwater so when you snorkel um but now I love it there I usually if I'm going up and down I'll probably spend two nights in the Kornati Islands if I'm ever you know going up or or back down the coast
0: Now you had got Opot here listed uh yeah, Lopotka oh, and uh Virjuli and <laughs> Yeah,
1: Great names right <laughs> Yeah yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah I mean all those spots are are great
0: Yeah do you have a favorite one in there?
1: Probably that one the last one you said was Levernaka.
0: Levernaka. Um, okay.
1: It's a very like Caribbean looking um little bay. You know, a lot of the bays or a lot of the underwater topography in Croatia goes down relatively steeply. So you don't have this kind of turquoise look all mm-hmm. the time, but but that bay does.
0: Now you got two and, bays uh, there. You got one on the uh northeast side and one on the 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 west side. And the west side looks like it's shallower. Is that the one you're talking about? But the so, one on the e- the northeast mm-hmm. side, it looks like it has a key that you can tie up to.
1: Yeah, that's a restaurant. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm anchoring in the in the south, the southwest part. Okay. So now with my boat, so I don't have an electric windlass. My my windlass is, um, yeah, it's it's a manual one. I have a rod you put in if you need it. But more often than not, we're we're hoisting the anchor by hand. So. But because of that, I'm really hesitant to anchor in anything deeper than 10 meters or you know 33 feet. So, so I get a little bit limited. Um, there's some spots you know that are kind of that I consider off limits. You know where, where charter boats are dropping in 15 plus meters. You know I'm probably not going to right. So it's just. I don't know. What, what's your setup up front?
0: Oh. I used to have a hand windlass like you, and the smartest thing I ever did was go to an electric windlass. I would never go okay. back to a hand windlass again. It uh, it made my you know it made my life so easy as a single hander. When I single hand, I can come in, and I and I unlike a lot of boats where they have uh, uh, switches on the deck where you step on them to lower them and raise them, I elected to just have a long uh, a long cord. That I would put out uh, my center hatch, and I could—it's long enough where I can walk all the way up to the bow or all the way back to the cockpit, and so I can control the anchor anywhere. So when I'm—if I'm by myself, I'll—I'll I'll get the anchor ready. I'll lower it just a little bit, and and just come in there and sail in and position myself, and then just put the down, push the down button on the windlass and and control lower it. I don't—I don't release the clutch and lower it. I just. Uh, lower it down gently, and, and uh, put out usually at least 100 feet. I mean, when you have an electric windlass, you don't worry about putting out a lot of anchor chain, you know. It just is, yeah, so what if I have to pull it up as long as the uh, windlass works? And I had to replace it one time, uh, but that was a priority that year when I had to replace it. It was, I'm not really happy with the, uh, the service. Uh, it's a Maxwell windlass. And uh, the windlass is okay, but the company's service is atrocious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you can't get anybody on the phone. You can't really find much information on it. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, from a consumer perspective, it's a poorly run company. But their products are pretty good, you know. I've been pretty happy with, uh, with the windlasses that I've had. And I had to sort of pick that windlass because that fit where I needed to put it on my boat. It was really... It was, I was really constrained by the design of my bow sprit, because it sits on top of my bow sprits and, sprit and lowers the chain directly into the chain locker there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I like it, you know. And if you ever want to upgrade, that's, that's the upgrade I would, I would <laughs> do if I were you. So.
1: Yeah, I think about those long, heavy cables you got to route to the front, or maybe you put a battery up front, I, I don't know. Um,
0: yeah, and I've got, you know, I've got... Two big um, AGM batteries, and I, you know, you always start your engine when you start lowering and raising the anchor, and you know, my electricity usage is something I'm always concerned about uh, because I run my, you know, my biggest use of electricity on my boat is the refrigerator, mm-hmm. and uh, the second largest, of course, is the uh, is the uh, windlass, but um, you know, I just I just watch the. Uh, Watch the e-meter and make sure I don't get too low on the batteries. And if I do, I start the start the engine and charge them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're motoring so much, like we do tend to motor a lot, you know, it's not that big a deal. I don't know what right, right. Uh, what sort of room you've got for batteries on your boat. Uh, for me, I've got a, uh, an emergency starter battery that just is, sits alone all the time and then just two uh, large 12-volt batteries. Uh, AGM batteries, I couldn't tell you the size of them, but they're big, and mm-hmm. yeah, you don't want to lift them very far if you don't have to, in fact, I'm old enough now, I pay somebody to put it in the boat, where back when I was <laughs> younger like you, I, I just lift it up and put them in myself, but mm-hmm. those things are heavy, really heavy.
1: Oh yeah, oh they sure are, yeah. I guess my setup would, I have a 135 amp uh, house battery, and then the engine battery is whatever, your normal 60 mm-hmm. amp hour. Mm-hmm. So, And they're kind of isolated. They're isolated when they're discharging, and they're combined when they're charging. So, Yeah, I've got, got, some solar. I've got
0: around 200 amp hours, so it's around 230. So probably um, more. And, you know, I, I'm never happy. I wish I had double that, but I've never really <laughs> had a problem with it. And as far as electricity to raise the, uh, the anchor, that's never been a problem. What the electricity seems to run out of is when I run the refrigerator so, so long that it's run down so mm-hmm. right right yeah anyway yeah. yeah that's what i've done
1: but back to the to the, to the sailing yeah Cornady Island islands like i said, i'm a big fan mostly because you can hike and uh great views every anchorage will will have a uh will have a trail uh leading up um yeah i don't know keep going north of course zadar is a great town especially for like crew turnover you know they have there's an airport you know bus station you know all all the works you know nice marina where you can probably probably need to hose off your boat by that time and fill up the water tanks
0: where's that at is that uh, zadar or, or south yeah zadar, zadar. Mm-hmm. zadar. okay, zadar. Zadar. okay. Yeah. good okay yeah and i guess uh, jack andrews said they've got uh uh wave uh, wave pipes or organ or i guess it's like an organ where the, if there's strong waves it plays tunes on the on the waterfront there is that correct yeah, no, they've okay. done a super nice job. Yeah. They have
1: this nice waterfront promenade with the yeah with the wave organ going all the time. I mean, all it, it's it, it's a super nice place. All the backpackers, all, all the travelers hang out there. It's just this really kind of soothing sound, and you know you're right there at the water. You can even swim right off that spot.
0: Do you have a favorite marina you go to? Because I've never pulled in there.
1: When I go into Zadar, I go into the main central marina, which is called Marina Zadar. It's, okay. it's the little tight one.
0: Way down um, to the very bottom.
1: Oh, let's see what this means by bottom. If you can see the old town, mm-hmm. uh, there's this small peninsula yep. and a
0: little footbridge, uh-huh. um, sort of. Oh, yeah, you can't go down there because yeah, of the sorry. footbridge. Okay, yeah. So you've got to pull into that so, one just around the corner there. Yeah,
1: there's one. It's kind of right behind the main breakwater as you pull into the yep. – there, there's a big breakwater. And then there's a tiny marina kind of really – tucked into the into the into land
0: you boy that doesn't that. look like there's much room for maneuvering in there
1: oh that's uh that gets interesting sometimes
0: <laughs> yeah, a little more editing yeah a little more editing either that or just <laughs> let people know that i i'm in an office and uh phone calls do come in <laughs>
1: yeah 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 so yeah getting into uh, Marina Zadar. yeah that's that's uh well but back to um so, marinas are, yeah, super tight place. But here's a trick, you know, is since you're going to be you know, navigating up most of the Croatian coast this summer. So, there's one little tip for us cruisers um, charter boats, you know, all the charter boats are back at home base Friday night, right? Oh, uh, okay. So, so this, is, this is when you definitely don't want to go into one of the marinas on the mainland. Number one, they're full.
0: Mm hmm. You know? Okay.
1: Um, so, Marina Zadar. If you try and pull in there on a Friday, they're going to say you know, no way. Same thing applies to Split, Trogir, maybe a bit Šibenik, um, but pretty much any marina that has a charter base. But the flip side of it, you shouldn't be going into marina on a weekend because with all the charter boats in port, that means all the harbors and anchorages and things, you know, out, you know, out in the islands, are are much less full.
0: Ah, okay, so, good point.
1: Friday nights are, are brilliant. I mean, that's when you can, you know, all when the, when the cruising guide says, oh, this, you know, this, this port, you know, fills up early while well, on a Friday it won't. So, so, so keep that in mind as you're, as you're sailing up the coast. It's, uh, I, I love Fridays and Saturdays. All <laughs> you right. Know?
0: So go find the nice anchorages out in the, out in the little bays and the little towns on uh, Fridays and Saturdays. And
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. And then the, then the nice thing is, you know, you know, for sure Marina, you know, uh, Zadar, Trogir, like they're going to have space. You know on, on the week midweek okay so mm-hmm. so try to do your big marina stops then then midweek
0: all right good point so don't don't change crews on weekends change crews in the middle of the week then
1: yeah and it, in terms of changing crew you know i find so much in croatia it, it, it's so well organized i mean there are ferries buses things run on time i mean it's so reliable um that it, I don't really worry about getting my crew to the mainland or to a main town or, or even to an airport. You know, I um, sometimes it works out that way. Sometimes, you know, you're passing Trogir anyway or something, and you know he's got his flight from Split Airport. But um, but I don't mind telling my crew, hey, there's a ferry. You know, I'll have the ferry schedules with me on, on the boat. You know, on my mm-hmm. sailboat, so I'll know. Okay, well, if we get to that town that night, there's a ferry the next morning that'll get you right in, and then you, you'll get your flight.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah. So they can get pretty much anywhere from any island uh, as long as you can get to a ferry there.
1: Mm hmm. Yes. Yeah. And this, I had that, I mean, it was the opposite. I remember the I- uh, Ionian in Greece. Man, it was so hard to coordinate crew to, you know, the, the, the airports. I mean, every, nothing really worked out transportation wise. In Italy, oh my God, that's even worse, you know. <laughs> you pull into Italy, you know, some small town, you know, oh yeah, there's that famous castle, you know, maybe 20 miles out of town. You ask the guy. So how do we get there? You know, and he says, well, you, you take your car. Like, and he knows I pulled in by sailboat. He still thinks I have some <laughs> access to a car. So yeah, so public transit really works well in, in Croatia because you know, private car ownership, you know, the, rate, you know, the these aren't wealthy people by any means. So you know, young people just don't really own cars. So they need the public transit system to, to work well.
0: Turkey's the same way. You can get anywhere in Turkey on the public transit system. But I'm with you. Greece is terrible. All through Greece, it's terrible. Yeah, just uh, just chaos. Yeah. And Italy's the same way. Yeah, I I could tell stories about having to walk long distances to fill up jerry cans with diesel in Italy. But uh, uh, we won't go into that right now. All right, (laughs) continuing north. Where are we going now?
1: Yeah, I mean, north from Zadar, you have some options. Of course, you know, most people would probably head out to, to the islands. If you see, there's an island called Ist and Molat and Silba, Olib. Um, you know, these are nice, you know, nothing, nothing fancy, no major towns, but just cute little villages where, you know, Croatians are you know, spending their summers with their families. The interesting thing with some of these islands, though, that I just mentioned is that uh, somehow in this region of Croatia, year, you know, generations ago, a lot of people went to the U.S., and and what happens then is that you know you have these sort of uh, second generation Croatian Americans coming back to visit grandma on the islands. So when you're hanging out in Silva or Olib, I remember my first time in Olib. I mean, there were just all these American kids running around in this really obscure little island that you know nobody would have ever heard of. And uh, it's that yeah these you know the, the family came back you know they, they came back for the summer to to visit grandma. It's so it's so weird. And in fact, there's an island a little further quite a bit further up to the northwest called Susak, which they say has its kind of a special dialect of Croatian, which is influenced by, by the Croatians who had been in America and come back. So uh, pretty interesting, I thought, and, and just surreal to have American children running around.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You feel like you didn't leave home then, huh? Yeah.
1: Yeah. The other option if you want some really amazing scenery instead of heading out to those particular I- particular islands follow the mainland and if you can kind of see the route it was my 2 2013 route which is a green line. Um, I went up the, this notorious Velabit channel. Okay. Now this is a channel uh, along the mainland and on, it kind of stands out because yeah, the I can islands
0: see uh-huh you have to sort of duck your way through a really little narrow uh, canal to get in there, don't you?
1: Yeah, well, you have to kind of twist and turn, go under a bridge, and then you're in the Velvet Channel. And it stands out on Google Earth because the islands opposite, if you see the satellite view, um, the islands opposite the Velvet Mountains are completely bare. So, of course, this is where the notorious or the famous uh, Bora winds uh, are the fiercest. Right. Um the, the mountains there are high, they're 5, 6000 feet and when the when the air drops off those mountains when the bora hits, mm-hmm. I mean they just come gushing gushing through. Um but the scenery is amazing. I mean it looks the, the, the islands that have been, you know, blown free of any kind of soil or vegetation. I mean they're very kind of Martian looking and mm-hmm. the mountains are just tall and enormous and just I've one time motored that whole length up that channel and uh, and it was just beautiful. Um, it was, you know, it was a calm day, uh, actually zero wind. Um, but the scenery was just just amazing. But you want to kind of get through it, you know? You,
0: you don't deal with it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you got your one day window, you know, it's going to be good. You know, get through it. Have you and,
0: found um, have you found any particularly good bora forecasts? Forecasting stations? You know the
1: best. So I have a Navtex radio on my boat. That's actually, I brought that with me the very first season. Um, it's a Furuno Navtex, mm-hmm. and um, that's my probably my best text-based forecast. Um, but the Croatians have a weather have a weather website, and um, and that's pretty good. And they also have their own wind models and things. So okay. So that's what that's what I rely on, and I find find that to be you know pr- pretty accurate.
0: Okay, I've got that and that's the same Furuno Navtex on my boat, but I've become so used to of going to an internet cafe and just looking up the Grib charts that uh, that I haven't used it much over the last few years. But uh, I guess it could give you some warnings in a more timely manner.
1: I wonder if the Grib charts. I mean, it's so localized. I mean, some of the weather conditions here along this coast are so localized. I wonder if the Grib charts are that that effective.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I've never found you know, I've been caught in plenty of boras over there and it's not they always seem to come at night. Have you noticed that? They always seem to start at about one in the morning, then you're up the rest of the night on anchor watch.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's your classic Bora, right? Yep. It starts, you know, late in the evening and kinda of start usually will start to peter out kinda of late morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and then depending on the duration, I mean it could kick in again. Uh, But yeah, the bore is definitely something to pay attention to over there, especially the more north you go, and especially in that velvet channel. So two
0: options. The islands are uh, shake the dice and go up the channel then, huh?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. All right. If you really want to zoom in on something special, um, a place called Zavratnica, sorry, Z-A-V-R, Zavratnica, Um, awesome little fjord uh, just across, when you get, it's, it's uh, pretty close to the island of Rob, but it's still on the mainland, and it's kind of this little fjord tucked into that yeah, whole it velvet mountain range. It quite a
0: ways, doesn't it? Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, it's in a, probably one of the gems. I mean, it's a super cool little spot. Um, best is to pull in maybe at 5 p.m. when all the kind of excursion boats and all the sort of the day visitors come in, and then you might even have it to yourself for, for the night, and they charge you 20 kuna per person, cause it's a, um, which is about $3, and that's the sort of the state park entry fee. Um, but the guy in there will you know, happily point out a place for you to, uh, to moor your boat. Usually you'll stern-tie. You'll put your anchor down and stern-tie to a bollard.
0: Mm-hmm. So, okay. So you can so get really right magical. on the, the way, way back in there then, huh?
1: You can tuck all the way in. There's a little circular little part of the bay all the way in.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So
1: super little spot.
0: Okay. Good advice. I would have just swung right by that. Now, that's if you're then, going close to the sh- shore then. So if you're risking the boras then. Of course, you're going to well, be... Well, I mean, yeah. you're
1: coming up that channel, so you're, you know, it's not a very wide channel anyway. So. Yeah. And then there's actually a, a nice little wreck in that fjord. Uh, leave some time for snorkeling um, because there's, a, there's an old World War II wreck that's uh, pretty cool.
0: Oh, okay. All right. So that's just south of the island of, or just uh, the southwest side of the island of Rob, or Rab, or however you want mm-hmm. to say that then. Okay. Yeah. yeah just a and rob one. is
1: great rob town is awesome so i mean i think it's only seven miles in further on to get in the town of rob and um that that's an awesome little town they have um they have these four kind of church spires uh, on the peninsula and i guess they said they wanted to make it look a bit like a schooner or maybe they decided afterwards that it ended up looking kind of like a schooner for, from a distance so but great little town and and you can moor to the to the key pretty easily um during the day, it's completely empty on the quay. You can just tie right up. But when the excursion boats come back for the night at 5 p.m., they'll then have you raft alongside the excursion boat. So, but then you step right off into the town and it's, it's super cool.
0: It looks like there's plenty of room for boats in there. There's it's quite a big marina in there, isn't
1: it? The, yeah, the, the marina it's an ACI marina, so there's a lot of dock space. Um, okay. But then my favorite is just being on the key. You know, when you're on the dock. But in Croatia you get a little spoiled You know you kind of When the supermarket is more than say You know a quarter mile away You get a little frustrated Or if you have to
0: <laughs>
1: You can see if you're in the ACI marina uh, The main marina You have to kind of walk All the way around the harbor Into the town
0: Okay you know? okay So this is south Before you get into the marina then huh?
1: This is right alongside uh, Kind of the You can sort of sense the old town From Google Earth yeah, um, yeah The peninsula part And yeah I mean I don't know Like I said Croatia You get, you get spoiled You know if you have to walk That's yeah, if you have to walk, you know, more than ten minutes to the, you know, to to the nearest attraction, you gotta, yeah, <laughs> you, you get mad.
0: All right, Andrew, we've got on for about uh, about an hour, and I try to limit them to not much more than an hour. Let's try to get together in the next week or two and continue on up the coast, if that's okay with you.
1: Yeah, yeah sure, happy to. <music>
0: life is short. In the end, all that really matters is the memories you make. So make a few. Go sailing.